This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. you're singing that brian because near far wherever you are we will be there to guide you in the through the treacherous world of pop culture and film it's mm. a good inc- segue and that includes you. films such as 1997's best picture winner titanic boogie nights <laughs> oh wait it wasn't boogie nights it was titanic yeah what say it isn't so richard it isn't so it is not so uh here we are Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest movie of all time to the date of then was Titanic. <laughs> Let's say I like the way you said that. To the date, to the of, date then. of then. That's good. More, more I like it. Put Slide that one in to an episode nice. for a while. Nice. Um, this was the biggest movie ever when it came out. It was. and um, Much more of a phenomenon than Avatar, I would say. I, Avatar's, would, I would think so. Avatar made For different more, reasons. But though. this was much more of a cultural thing, I think. Sure. Right? Than yeah. Avatar? Was this the biggest movie event of your life? I think The Force Awakens was the biggest of my life. Maybe uh, The Lord of the Rings, the first one. Yeah. Fellowship of the Ring was. Jurassic Park 3 for me. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was Along Came Polly. <laughs> Love super, anything with a ferret su- in it, really. Super fired up for yeah. it. Y'all, uh, weren't, y'all weren't there g- for the nine lives w- premiere last year, though. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty. I mean, for the people that were there, yeah. that was a big day. Both yeah. of you guys. Yeah. Mm. We camped out with our cats. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was cat it? only screening. It was the only cat. Bumpers. It was great until the cats started fighting. Yeah, <laughs> I actually made it better. Really hard to get the piss smell out of the theater. We <laughs> made it a lot better. Um, Titanic was huge at the, in in the time it that it boat. came out, mm-hmm. and it was a big <laughs> movie. Good one, right? That. Set a lot of records, obviously. These poor people sure know how to party. They are some happy yeah, poor well, people, man. Why are we? They don't to, have scurvy or anything. Why are we supposed to feel bad for the third class? That's what the party's at. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's where we all want to be. This is the car- you know Royal Caribbean's up top, but Carnival's where the party is <laughs> down below. <laughs> That's for sure. In the crew quarters, you don't want to go in there. There's some these excursions are going to be stuff dope. going on. This There's m- drinking Guinness at the time it came out Dancing was a heck of a combo talked about for quite a few reasons i think uh for me and i put this on my guilty pleasure list is this just just this was like the biggest movie i'd seen up to that point like this the sure scale of the movie mm-hmm. it always impresses me the attention to detail impresses me like they went through the links to recreate certain things you know things that nobody cares about really uh such as you know which characters are sitting together at the tables. Like mm-hmm. those are the actual people playing the people, you know, the husbands and wives, like they were all on the correct lifeboats at the end, you know, as, as it was on the day and things like that, that I've always really impressed me just cause like, why would you even care to think about that? Cause no one cares, but they put that time into it 
and just building the entire Titanic is crazy, you know, or at least one side of it they built, you know, and uh, that always blew my mind. And, you know, right after they hit the iceberg, um, I feel like it really turns into a good action, six hours historical movie, yeah. action thriller movie. But again, it takes forever. Yeah. I think the setup is terrible. I think the exposition is terrible. The writing and dialogue is terrible. But Man. there's something about it that when the tragedy is actually happening and the panic is going on that I'm like, man, this is a movie. I'm watching a big epic action movie set around a historical event that was very significant. It's not like it was a fake thing. So they do have to give it kind of the respect that it deserves. But um, I can't stand any of the Jack and Rose stuff, but everything outside of that is fine. But that's unfortunately 90% of the movie. Everything outside, you know, I love the stuff about them actually building the ship and, the kind of arrogance that go, went into it at that time and all that, I, I really like that. But yeah, um, all that none, of, none of the that's, none of it, the, the dialogue just kills me. Gosh, that's that's dude, probably the worst part of the movie for me. It's so bad. That's I, where I come down on it. I watched this movie with the subtitles on, and we have the subtitles on here. I don't know if, why that is. I don't ever turn subtitles on, but it for some reason on Netflix it had them, and it really highlights the the awfulness of the dialogue and of the script. Like it really brought out how many freaking times she's got to call him Jack and, and all of the, just the weird interplays between the characters that are uh, very poorly written. It's just, it's interesting to me that James Cameron went to so such great lengths to get all the little details right and give all give yeah. 150 extras a name and a backstory and like fill them in on what they were to the ship and build uh this entire set and all of these incredible details that he put into this and then the script is just trash it's just a really really terrible script and uh i yeah had always known that but man the subtitles really really brought it out so um I'm sure we'll talk more in depth, but I want to hear from you, RB, because this is the first time that you have ever seen this movie. Yeah, so uh, my family had no interest in seeing this, and then by the time I would have seen it, um, it was already the biggest movie of all time, and I always thought it would be cool to say I had never seen the biggest movie of all time. So I just then I started actively avoiding it. At first, <laughs> it was just, I just was like, yeah, I'll get to that eventually, uh-huh. because no one in the first three weeks it was out said, hey, let's go see this. And so I, uh, so I, I didn't Richard Nixon coming down the stairs. Um, but, uh, anyway, so, but then I eventually wanted to see it because Avatar, I saw Avatar like the first week it came out and it became the biggest movie ever. So now it's like, okay, I've seen the biggest movie ever. So I might as well see Titanic, but I've been kind of, hasn't no offers. No one's offered to watch it with me. So I was forced to watch it. Uh, I watched it about a week ago. It came on Netflix like a week ago, so yeah, you lucked out. I did. As far as Brian does already own the um, Blu-ray yeah, for the 4K version. 4K. 4K. Right. 3D. 3D. Yeah. It's the only way to watch it. Yeah, see, I didn't get, this, I didn't get that 7. experience. 7.1 surround. around. Can't right? even appreciate Billy Zane unless it's in 4K. The thing I like about Billy Zane's performance in this is its subtlety. <laughs> <laughs> he's not? Yeah, he's not outright He's with complicated. It. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. You know, you don't know he's if he's evil. He's not a one-trick pony. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're like, is he evil? Is he great? You mm-hmm. don't know. You're you're yeah. at war with yourself over it the whole time. Mm-hmm. There, a yeah. lot of gray. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if she's pure or not because she's never just glowing <laughs> and white. She's never, she's never lighted in such a way that you think, is that an angel? Yeah, that's great. yeah. Look at that arm hair, though. Man, the Blu-ray hasn't been kind to her here. Um, 
But the uh, but yeah, I mean, this is a big character, not a subtle film. It's a yeah. film about a shipwreck. Oh man, here we go. Cal is not happy here with go. Rose. His hair is so real. There's some really contradictory stuff in the beginning of it with uh, man. I think the setup is pretty bad with the whole going down to the Titanic and trying to find the diamond with yeah. Bill Paxson. May he rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And um, all that stuff is pretty bad. And so they actually get a call from her. Some, some they show some way the, the she drawing. Gets, she gets on a on a call. To a ship, which I never understood even as a kid. Like, how did she get the number for the freaking ship that he's on? Uh, yes, can I speak with the man on the ship, please? Uh, One second, please. It's funny. <laughs> but So that happens, and he goes, hey, there's somebody calling for you. You're gonna and he goes, he goes you're going to want to take this call. And then he gets the phone, and she says something about the diamond. And then he looks at the guy, and the guy goes, I told you you were going to want to take the call. As if we didn't already know that. Right. As he, all you had to do was look yeah. at him to give us that. Th- There's three seconds we could have cut from this seven-hour runtime. It's, it's right. It gets, it's got a three-hour runtime. Over. But it's, like it's because they stretch minutes. everything to the max. Gosh. This doesn't have to be three and a half hours. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to put half the lines that you put into them yeah. in there. Uh, something else that frustrated me on the last rewatch was the uh, – the fact that there's, you know, they show that little pre-visualization of how the Titanic sank. <laughs> this is a woman that was on the Titanic, and they're like, and they go ask him, "Are you ready to go back to Titanic?" And then they just show her this graphic animation of yeah. the ship yeah. sinking right in front of her. Yeah. The first thing she says, she goes, "In my mind, it was a little bit different than that." Like that was such a awful move to show the freaking old lady hey let's bring back yeah. all the memories that yeah. you almost horrifically died in the yeah. shipwreck how about we stick you and, in a lot of freezing water and the point that of that is is obviously for the audience to know yeah. the events that happened before you right. see them so oh here's when the ship cuts in half or whatever it is um but the the placement of that like let's put this pointer scene right in front of this 87 mm-hmm. year old mm-hmm. woman or 100 year old woman and it was just super disrespectful. On um, the last time I watched it, I was like, "Wow, that was really rude." I yeah. also like how they give like ten years of exposition when the mother talks to uh, Kate. It's like she is uh, your father left us with nothing but yeah. bad debts and our good name. Right? It's I, up to you now because the money is gone. <laughs> right. She's one of the Gosh. people so heavy, in the movie so that that is accurately cast though cuz she is despicable the mom she, yeah. she is. the mom character i think that really works right uh i don't think the cow stuff works really at all and here's a, something else to me billy zane's too likable um <laughs> too much she goes too much during the actual charisma. drawing she says can you read that date for me april 14th 1912 that means if your mom was on the, right. she was actually on the Titanic when it sank. Oh, we didn't know what that. The what? She hasn't told wah, anybody. Wah. She didn't know that her entire time. life that her mom was on the Titanic. Apparently, I just I mean, don't something get you don't it. share like a, you're on a part of a historical event like that. Yeah. You don't share that with your own family. I, I just don't I understand why we need all this stuff. You know, when I was a kid, I was really into the Titanic. There was a in our elementary it's school weird. library there was i know <laughs> i love this disaster I'm, I'm so much super, it was just super interesting to me <laughs> and uh we had this book in our elementary school library that was all about this really in-depth book that was about the titanic and i i checked it out frequently and i was really this story interested me there was a couple of different documentaries that came out before this movie came out that i always was super into i think this story is super 
not just interesting, but it's it's very cinematic in and of itself, and you don't need the the love story element to it, and you certainly don't need the epic love story element to it. You know what I mean? Like it works as a this works almost as a disaster movie. And if you are James Cameron, yep. you could have James Cameron is a very very good filmmaker, and you could find a way. There's stuff that drives me crazy about him, certainly, and. But most of it is like the dialogue and all these. But all these aside, these these the the what should be the B story is becomes the A story, and then all the extra stuff, the stuff that happens in the present day. I don't think any of it is necessary. You could make this movie at two hours and fifteen minutes and have it be about the Titanic mm-hmm. and not about Jack and Rose, which you know. I, I was thirteen or fourteen when this movie came out, and so the, I'm certainly was not excited about some love story and it's never so it never caught on with me but even now watching it this last week it was like this is such a crap it's just such a a cheap shallow love story to me and i don't i've never really understood victor garber though victor garber's great give me more victor garber yeah he's the best he's the best best line in the movie too man he's great in everything um nat north american treasure yeah but i don't i don't know i've never understood the need for the, what becomes the A story in this movie, and then like the C story with the present day stuff. It's it's mm-hmm. the mo- the the Titanic is interesting enough in and of itself, and should have made for a really really cool action movie or drama or, or period piece or whatever without all the added stuff. But the added stuff is what yeah the the added stuff is what made it the the highest grossing movie of all time because. Um, because women especially, and, and certainly a lot of men too, really, I guess, really dug the, the love story element. I just, I've never, I've always thought it was bad and not very um, appealing. And, and watching it now at at my current age and just being like, this is so, I just, it's so shallow. Like the, the romance in Thor is more <laughs> realistic and deeper, has more emotional um, substance to it than, than this movie does to me. Yeah, but. and it's... I mean, the characters really, the more the last time I watched it, they really are just an excuse to tell the story. And, you know, everything is so convenient. And the fact that uh, Jack and Rose um, talk to each other when they do, but every time that it's it's Rose but it's not with Jack, it's either talking about how the Titanic was built with somebody, they're sitting at dinner, and, and Molly Brown's like, so how did this name become called <laughs> Titanic? You know, they're trying to tell all these facts about the Titanic, but they're trying to do it through the characters, but it's just very weird. Why is it unsinkable? And they have to give this whole explanation. It's a know? waste of deck space because she's an unsinkable ship. Right. I roll. And they're walking across the deck, and they're like, I'm... yeah, we see these lifeboats? We don't have enough for if everybody, yeah. you know, if this thing sinks, we're all toast. And I whatever, said that you know? this was a bad idea, but I was overruled because it took up too much deck space. Uh-huh. Yeah. That'll come back on us. It's, uh, no, I think everyone... Yeah, pretty sure everybody survived, except for Jack. Well, they discovered America. <laughs> Again, I understand the need to set That's that how, stuff up. I didn't stay around for the ending. <laughs> Obviously. So, to set up the events, I get that, but again, yeah. but there's another element to this where you know Everyone that goes to see Titanic the first day, first week ev- ever knows that the Titanic sinks. Like, right? What? Like, Whoa. <laughs> what? Uh, it's one of those movies. It's like end. Apollo 13 where you know the ending, but you have to build suspense somehow. Right. You know, really the only suspense that they build is, are Jack and Rose going to stay together at the end? Yes. Because we know yeah. it's going to sink. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. 
I think some exposition is fine, but it is it is overboard. It overloads you with all these details of what is to come. And the only way to do it, because they have to spend so much time on Jack and Rose, that that's really can't to your point. Like that's the only way they have time to do it. We've got to just write some dialogue where somebody says these things. Because and that's why I'm the heir to a Pittsburgh mining fortune. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll have the cops out. <laughs> the intro to Molly Brown is so random too, because it comes out of nowhere. Yeah. She She's just saying, then there was this woman named Molly Brown. We called her the unsinkable Molly Brown. And panic <laughs> sailed. And it, it's, just that, yeah. it's just like, why yeah. are you mentioning her? Yeah, it's unnecessary. <laughs> it's just unnecessary. Oh, uh, but uh, Kathy Bates, American Treasure. Yeah. yeah like her. Awesome. She's, um, she got paid well. She's so. got a big personality. So yeah. that was uh, fine. But the scene, another scene where they're picking out the Picassos is so dumb. And it, it's... It feels Forrest Gumpy cast away, yes. or you know, Forrest Gumpy, and like really, there were one Picassos on there that somehow we all know, but somehow they're gone on the Titanic right. too. That doesn't make any sense. Like, did they grab the Picassos as they went on the lifeboats and, and it, go put them in the Louvre or what? It kind of makes her unlikable <laughs> too, an elitist. Uh-huh. Like, it's this whole bit is that she's kind of trapped into this world because she has to marry into money or else. Her mom. She's being pressured to by her mom and all this sort of stuff. But that sequence with the art, I, I think the idea is to show that she's like a true uh, patron of the arts and she really yeah. understands art and stuff. Uh-huh. But that what it a- comes across as is just like, man, this is like a super pretentious rich lady. And this is, if you don't like, she you know, basically tells her husband, if you don't like Picasso, I don't think we could be married. You <laughs> right, know, like yeah. that's when things start to go down. Yeah, the like, implied what? abuse is fine, but don't you dare <laughs> disparage Picasso. It's just, I don't. No. Uh, this another pivotal scene between Jack and Rose pivotal. is when she's going to commit suicide, mm-hmm. and he quote unquote saves her. Uh, goes on for way longer than I remember it going on for too. <laughs> uh, and and again, it's just an excuse to set stuff up when he's saying, "Man, that water sure is cold down there. Yeah. You don't really don't want to get in that water." You know, setting up the ending. That mountain. You don't want to climb up that mountain. <laughs> and and another thing. She was like, yeah, I'm, I was just looking over to look at the propellers, setting up the scene later where we see the propeller come yeah, into Just slash action. a dude up. Yeah. Slice a dude up. Um, yeah. But that's bad. But I like what I like about that scene is the implied, like, the guy just stumbles upon it and thinks that she was getting raped. Like, I understand. <laughs> I, like, I, I know that that's bad, but that's a, something that could actually happen where you were trying to help somebody. Right. And somebody misinterprets that sure. because of your class status right you know that kind of still hits home but what i don't understand is cal comes up he's like you're raping my my <laughs> girlfriend who are you and she's like no he wasn't he was helping me she's like oh okay come to dinner with us like why are you inviting the guy that you think raped your girl to dinner with you and then your girl shows up with him on her arm and you're like oh hey hey jack how's it going yeah. man you you look great things you know? are different in waco you know yeah you just- I would still think that that guy raped my girl until proven innocent. Yeah, you know, so weird. <laughs> it's definitely it's just a weird thing. Just uh, doesn't make sense. Um, but the actual the scene where the, the I'm a king of the world scene too, and then them on the front of the ship. I mean, it's it's iconic. I can't mm-hmm. say it's not. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, I believe it was nine thousand times. Too. Yeah, it was kind of added at the last second, mm-hmm. and it's been a become one of the more iconic. Movie lines of 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 all time. 
uh-huh. and gets spoofed a lot and stuff. That's why it's the best oh, line God, of the movie. That's it's the worst the... transition ever, and it makes me want to throw up oh, every yeah. single time. I hate when I hate it goes that's... from them kissing to the ship yes. underwater. Gosh, that's such a crappy transition. That's such a film school type thing to do. I, ugh. It's Jim it Cameron, man. Vomit. He's going to bring it. out, pull out all the stops. I hate that. So that's much. so easy to do. I know. I could it's do cheap. that with. Like right now, you know, it's not. It's not even. All right, like let's hard. do that. We're filming this episode now, Kent. When you put this online, <laughs> now we're going to be sitting on the beach in this exact same position. <laughs> no, I want us to be three skeletons. In yeah, here. Oh. I want it to be the future. Like we died here. Took a lot of time to record this podcast and watch this doggone movie. Yeah, yeah, and I think I mean this movie got a lot of credit for the soundtrack, but I think if soundtrack didn't work for. I mean, it, yeah. it has that one theme, the kind of heart will go on theme that kind of works throughout the movie but everything else sucks for example when she slips off the thing and almost dies the movies the music's just like romantic love love music like <laughs> uh-huh. it doesn't get suspenseful in the music like That's wow true. she could really die That's here true. um it's just it's a it, weird it doesn't match it really is a weird movie because it deserves a lot of credit for and James Cameron deserves a lot of credit for doing the undertaking of this movie was yeah. very impressive. The scale is the scale is huge. The the technology that he had to build to make it happen. The um, water they used. Remember that? Yeah, remember yeah. those stories about the amount of water? Yeah. The, the it's it's a really it's impressive on that front. And and it got a it's, it was the number one. It's the highest grossing movie of all time at the time and for the next eighteen years. I think when until did, Avatar. Yeah. Or yeah. Or Avatar so the next twelve years. Excuse me. Um. And so that's you know that's very impressive. The song, for as much of a beating as that song is, it was the hugest song for six months yeah, plus. And least. still is like a huge... I mean, that that is that is putting Celine Dion in Vegas every night for the rest of her life if mm-hmm. she wants to. Um, she and does. It, and it got, you know, it got, uh, let's see, it got 11 Oscar wins and three other nominations. It launched in some ways the careers of their, you know, the two leads and stuff. And so... Two it, pretty good careers. Yeah, and, and it, so it got a lot... You have to give James Cameron a lot of credit for it. I just the movie itself is so unimpressive to me for for all of the spectacle of That's how Avatar was. Yeah, Avatar is like, very yeah. is very similar. This is even worse though just because it was Avatar was like a blip on the radar, on the cultural radar yeah, compared to It made a ton of money this. but it, it right. was gone quickly yeah. it seemed like. By the time the Oscars got there in in late February we that year, yeah. everybody was it didn't win the Oscar because if if the Oscars would have been held January 2nd, it would have won every single yeah. award. But by the time we got to the end of February, everybody was like, eh, oh, it's just dances with wolves with fine. aliens. It's gone. You know, it's just, it's weird to me how much of a cultural touchstone this is for how, in some ways, how relatively bad a lot, a of, lot of the Leo, elements though. of the movie are. Yeah, Leo helped a lot. It, it you know, it, it grabbed the fascination like... of a certain age group, especially, but. It's just interesting to me that these these two are two of the most well-respected actors. I'm talking about Winslet and DiCaprio, obviously. Um, are two of the Who? most well-respected actors in the <laughs> in the world. I want you to draw me the wearing moment. this. Gosh. Wearing only this. Draw me like one of your French Draw me like one of your French such girls, a Jack. joke of a line. But they're both bad in this movie, I think. 
pretty. Oh, they are pretty. Re- actually, very bad. Leo says movie. he can't watch this. Yeah, like, he really can't. Kate do it. Winslet's always very um, self-deprecating about yeah. her accent. Especially he disappeared. Leo went away for like four years yeah. after this. I hated DiCaprio at this point in his career. As like thirteen or fourteen year old me, I was just like, he he sucks. All he's he not does a is good smolder. Yeah. yeah, he's he's very very bad. And then he went from this. Like I think the beach was the next yeah. after this, and then it wasn't until Gangs of New York that he Man started coming Man. out. Man of the Iron Mask. Yeah, I forgot about that one. And then. Yeah. He had Gangs in New York and Catch Me If You Can the same year. Right. That's and you're all like, oh, pretty he's awesome. Decent year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Turn. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. Catch Me If You Can won me over, man. Gosh, I love him. Catch Me I If think You Can. I think I like him. We need to do that movie forever. later this year. We do. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100 plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. Uh. I think for that one, man, mm-hmm. crazy. It's James Cameron always shit. said, "These are James Cameron's hands." By the way, when he, d- he does the actual drawing, yeah. he's talented at drawing. Kate Winslet <laughs> laying on a bed. <laughs> I wonder how long she had to lay there. Like, all right, it's hour seven, but we didn't get that quite right. So keep on, keep on laying there. We're just going to keep on drawing you. Uh, I mean, I give him credit for the ambition. I give him credit because right when you doubt James Cameron. He comes and makes the biggest movie ever. Yeah. You know, right when you start to say, "Man, this totally. guy sucks," you know, he's an interesting. He only made guy, Terminator man. and and Aliens, and then like that's the only thing he's done. But then he turns right around and changes how movies are made forever. Yeah. This movie does more for subtle CGI than I think any yeah. movie. Yeah, like there, it you don't even notice it at all in the movie. Mm-hmm. You could sure. you think they really sank a ship. What was the first time this. they used CGI really for like Earthbound stuff? Yeah, before that, it was Forrest always Gump was. Oh yeah, you're right. Kind of the. F- removing somebody's legs and doing stuff that, you know, you you wouldn't expect but on the CGI for. But on the, about, on the yeah. scale, right. absolutely. And it's crazy that they built 
one side of the ship and the, the scene where they're actually getting on the ship at the beginning actually happened on the opposite side that they built mm-hmm. so that they they dressed everybody backwards and then flipped the shot in post. So all the writing was backwards on the cars. All the costumes were backwards. Just so that just some nerd it. 15 years from now wouldn't go, well, no, actually. That's how James, but that's funny because that's how James Cameron was. Yeah. He was so into the wreck that he knew every detail. Yeah. I was like, no, this is how it has to be. I don't care it's if the audience doesn't know. That's not how it happened. Right. But it's literally not how it happened. So he had a kind of an excuse. Yeah, yeah. He, if, if you're going to show somebody's pretty much their death on screen, you can at least have right. it historically get, get it yeah. as far well, two noted historical figures like Jack and Rose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. It's like all that stuff is so in- – it's great to me. I love the detail that he goes to to make these sort of things uh, come through and make sure that they're authentic and that they're real and stuff like that. Can we not get somebody to take a pass at the script? Yeah. You know? <laughs> Maybe he could have just given the idea to somebody that could write. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, hey, I want it on the Titanic. Here's right. the elements right. I want to include. Yeah. Here's a love story I want to have. Now you go, yeah, go off for six months and write this historical historical romance. Right. Like whoever right. wrote like Dances with Wolves, you know, like yeah. a movie that has historical, but also the guy credi- who wrote Lincoln. Credible. Who was it that wrote Lincoln? That it could have been someone. It sure. was like Doris Kearns Goodwin wrote the. I know uh, the book, but book. I, but I'm trying to think the screenplay, like that kind of someone that does like Stevens. Yeah, I forgot. Right. Yeah. Just pass out. It's the same with Avatar. Somebody like could somebody look at the script and say, "Hey, unobtainium is a really stupid thing to name the the main thing that your entire <laughs> movie is based around is a really dumb." Well, name. you understand. It's Tony Kushner. That's right. When Avatar Seven comes out, you'll know why they called it unobtainium. Yeah, like, you just you're do. Still, there's a backstory no, on that. If I'm still alive, then <laughs> you won't be. Yeah. But maybe Cooper will learn. Your avatar will be. Yeah. I, I really, I really like the stuff um, historically. All this, like I said, the stuff without Jack and Rose, like the uh-huh. captain's story is really good. Bruce Ismay, his story is good too. The guy that uh, actually funded the ship or named it or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. the guy? What's that actor's oh. name? He was Cadbury and Richie Rich. I always <laughs> think of the Butler and Richie Rich. But he's. I great. hope that's what he introduces himself as. <laughs> Hello. Hey, Cadbury. I'm Cadbury. Um, Good day, Governor. He's great. And him and Victor Garber. You know, you can Victor put Victor Garber's awesome. You can put man. them in more Garber. Almost every movie. Um, there's a scene with them together when they f- find out that they hit the iceberg and that they're going under. Mm-hmm. It's so good when he's like, oh, this ship can't sink. And he goes, she's made of steel. I assure Jonathan, you. She Jonathan can. Hyde is Cadbury. Yeah, Jonathan there you Hyde. go. Yeah. Jonathan Hyde. Uh, when he says, she's made of steel, I assure you she can. Like Victor Garber just. Nails that guy's mm-hmm. right in the heart, you know. The yeah. <laughs> realization. What's the uh, villain guy's name too? That actor. Oh, you can't. You can't really tell he's a villain. I mean, I know he hangs out with Cal, but like, I'm gonna give him the benefit. Oh the yeah, he's the, probably really David, good guy. Uh, the Lovejoy character. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, David Warner. Uh huh. Is his name? Yeah, he's. You know, he's evil. He's in the too. In he's real in life. Tron and <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Um, but. I don't really believe any of it. I don't believe the love story. I no. know James Cameron said his template for this was Romeo and Juliet on the Titanic. Yeah. Two people that shouldn't be together but end up falling in love, right? Um, it was back-to-back. Be- back it's actually story better, than Sh- better than Shakespeare if you're talking about just story. I mean, Writing. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I can see all those influence, but like, I would put this probably <laughs> number one and then Romeo and Juliet slightly under it. Just for the literature. Like, if you just read it for the literature, <laughs> right? right. It's, it's better. There's a lot of worthless exposition in Shakespeare. He's known for that. 
He doesn't write. <laughs> yeah, cleanly. every word doesn't count. Yeah, <laughs> he's known for his. Uh, some yeah, really his, bad. His, you know, your father's out of money. <laughs> some really bad uh, stuff. Where, speaking of the elitism, not only the Picasso scene, but the where she's looking at the propellers and that one most stereotypical rich man ever comes over and he's like. That's what I've been trying to say. Women and machinery do not mix. Now, shall we go drink more brandy? Like that's an actual guy. <laughs> he just throws a snifter got, off into yeah, the he's ocean. He's got his handlebar mustache is like yeah. perfectly groomed. That's like actually, say. yeah, that's my actually my family motto. Weird. Women and machinery. Our crest of arms mix. says that. In Latin. I mean, there's some like kind of offensive stuff in this, like in the fact that. Oh, well, I think w- it's women like, weren't treated the same back in 1917. It's like, yeah, well, I'm going to teach you how to ride a horse. Well, that not is. side saddle. She's like, oh, not side saddle. Oh, oh I, have the, I have the vapors. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, it's just so, it's such an obvious narrative device. And like, well, I'm going to kill 80% of the people in this movie. So I have to make them all despicable. Yeah. For the most part. Right. That's why he does right. it. So at the people so that, that when die, they all freeze to death in the water at the end, you're like, <laughs> that was a summer blockbuster. <laughs> people are just slowly. Like, why can't you kill people that you care about? Would that make it a better movie? I think it does now. I think in 1997, that was probably yeah. still scary. Got to make sure everybody's a bad guy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. This was supposed to come out the same day as Air Force One. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> and apparently Harrison Ford called like, Paramount refused, was like, like, you better move that freaking movie. And so they did. They moved it to December, and that's partly why it became the biggest movie of all time is because... It had partly because he called the Paramount movie grabbed and told them to move yes. it. Uh-huh. He had that kind of pull. He had pull there because they had made all the uh, Jack Ryan movies there oh. and some other movies as well. And so basically, he's so like, they, they wanted to stay in the Harrison again. Ford business, yeah. so they they moved Titanic, and that ultimately helped it. Was this going to be a summer movie? It was supposed to come out yeah. this, whatever, like June twenty first or something, like the uh, exact same time. I remember when it was delayed because people were like, "This is going to be a huge disaster." Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy the narrative on it a lot. Because mm, yeah. all people people could not get past that it cost two hundred million to make. Right, that was right. like the A Rod contract mm-hmm. of its time. Yeah, and it actually helped it because it got it into a time slot where I mean this was number one for fifteen straight weeks. Yeah, I remember and that. so part of it is because the movie grabbed everybody's attention and all that sort of stuff. But part of it is because it you know January and February there's nothing that comes out. That's so unbelievable. There's nothing to work against. Fifteen weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I'm, it's ridiculous. Avatar yeah. was in that'll the never be broken. Avatar was in the theater. Avatar came out at Christmas. It wasn't in the theater until the next August. Mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah. yeah. Like, you could go see it in August. Well, it was such a... You had to see it in there. You had to see it. Yeah. It's so... And I think he probably on some level knew that. But, like, yeah, Avatar out of the theater experience. It's a theme park, right? It's a two-hour... Right. Yeah. So... This is kind with, of the same way. This on a big screen. I, I, I remember watching yeah, I couldn't the... Couldn't tell um, you, boss. <laughs> I mean, that's part of why it's guilty pleasure for me. Sure. I just remember the scale of it. And I was just... Once they hit the iceberg, I'm like, I was just mesmerized for the last. Like, that's why people go and see this, and they're like, it didn't feel like three hours because you're waiting for so long for it to happen. Once it happens, yeah. the uh, you get about an hour of post iceberg hit stuff, and it's all really good stuff. People were dying, and there's mm-hmm. stakes everywhere. <laughs> you know, like it's you're like, wow, this is it's more than just a love story here. There's like people, this actually happened. You yeah, know, it keeps coming back to your mind. Like, wow, I'm watching something that really mm-hmm. occurred. This isn't just a fictional. Thing. Yeah, to me that's um, the only real. In, that's the only part of the movie that I actually really enjoy is the where uh, the the stuff leading up to the iceberg, the hit on the iceberg, the the back, the, the stuff that comes out of that. You know, is 
feels very historical and and accurate to the period and whatnot and that's where that detail that cameron is so good at comes into play in the in the right way you're just like man this is really good why did i just spend two hours watching leonardo dicaprio and kate winslet horribly act and chase each other around the ship another thing it always reminds me of again i mentioned all apollo 13 earlier but that movie when i watch apollo 13 and it comes to the end and they're looking at the sky in the movie and they're waiting for the ship uh-huh. capsule to be seen you you always think what did they maybe they didn't make it you know, i didn't every I'll, single time i'll say this i didn't in apollo 13 i didn't know i oh, was okay. 12 when that movie came out yeah, i, I saw I it either. in theaters um and i i think that movie came out in 95 right i think it did mm-hmm. um and it's a great film the, the suspense in that is so much better than anything in this movie to me but i didn't know whether or not the astronauts survived so i had legitimate suspense and and terror of like i don't know what's gonna happen uh, here. i mean it reminds but, me of this but you can't do that with titanic every single human knows right. who's going school. to see no, titanic and, and the point i'm titanic making is sank. is well, the scene where they spot the iceberg and they radio down or they yell down to him iceberg ahead and they start turning the wheel mm-hmm. you're looking at the iceberg and they make it seem like wow they might actually miss it like they might not hit this one like if if james cameron had set it up where they almost hit an iceberg before they hit sure. the iceberg and yeah. they actually miss it yeah that would have been crazy but i mean it's just really suspenseful like they're like wow they could maybe they get by it maybe <laughs> they didn't really hit an iceberg and when they like they think they get by it or the fact that they were going too fast mm-hmm. and they couldn't turn yeah, you know, they would have missed it if they had, hadn't been going way too fast because yeah. they wanted to get in by a day early or whatever right. for the headlines. They say now, too, that if the last, like, I don't know, documentary or scientific report that was done, it said that if they would have hit the iceberg head on, they would have been fine. Like, they would have survived it. But really? it's the way that it, that it hit to the side. And they said, I saw, too, I can't remember. I've got it somewhere in my notes there, but... Um, in the entire history, in maritime history, before and since, they have no record of a ship. Now, that doesn't mean that it hasn't happened because maybe a ship sank and you don't know what happened and things like that. But they have no record of a ship that hit an iceberg the way that this ship hit the iceberg. Like, it's just because it's so – it was just kind of a freak accident almost of, like, they just happened to turn at the wrong time, at the wrong speed, um, in the wrong direction perhaps, and and scraped it in a way that – that this was like the self-destruct button for this shit, yeah. basically. I've also read, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but that you know how this ship did have advanced technology for sinkings where they say, yeah, it's unsinkable. We've got these watertight doors, right, so right. if it springs a leak, we can just shut the door, and that's mm-hmm. the only room. Yeah. I've heard that if they had kept those open, it would have taken longer for the ship to actually fill up mm. to where another ship could have rescued them. It sank yeah. so fast yeah. because it weighed it may, down yeah, the bottom. Yeah, it would have sunk in a more yeah. um, horizontal fashion instead right. of going into – I'm sure there's a, some maritime geek out there is like, you guys are terrible. You don't know anything about – I don't. I admit this. I know nothing about it. So it's just – but, yes, I've seen that. I've seen that stuff too. Um, but, man, just the scene of them hitting the iceberg feels like it takes forever. The engines have to stop. Mm-hmm. They have to go kind of in the opposite direction or start turning, you yeah. know. The sets for this are incredible yeah. too. Looks the, amazing. Sorry. Indicating to me what? <laughs> I don't want to know what she's indicating. Uh, I mean, but again, this the sheer vastness of this world is is so impressive. Yeah. I mean, you feel like you're on a ship this whole time. 
And uh, it's just the kind of the magic of movie making to me. Yeah, yeah, totally. This movie this just brings back those, those feelings. Goes. It doesn't look great. I mean, for, yeah, for, for the, the technology that they had, I mean, this was the first time they had done any. They didn't even done water in CG ever yeah. mm-hmm. until this, you know. Uh, so that's just crazy to think about. And some of the stuff they did, they did use miniatures very well in this that you can't really tell. I like some of the stuff underwater at the beginning with the – you know, the little submarines going down with shot with miniatures. Like, they didn't actually go down mm-hmm. there for a lot of this stuff. And um, that stuff works. But um, I think there's some good stuff with the elitism, too. You know, the, uh, the people thinking they're better than other people, getting on the lifeboats. And that's all real stuff that happened. Like, the whole yeah. caste system of yep. where you were in society really mm-hmm. did have a lot to do with... Um, well, as it should be. Um, this. <laughs> As it has been forever, <laughs> no, uh, sadly. But man, I I just remember when this came out with like the, the puncturing of the side, just pew, 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 like wow, this is big. You know, is when this is when things start to happen, and there really are some sacrifices that were made, and you know they the the band actually did play people out. You know, they mm-hmm. stayed on the ship and kept playing while people were loading. You know, they were serving the ship, and the captain actually did go down with the ship, you yep. know, because he felt so guilty and responsible for it. Or it was his last voyage anyway, you mm-hmm. know. Um, it's, a, it's a very, like you said, Brian, earlier, it's an, it's an incredible event to research and to kind of figure out um, and do actual research on the event itself mm-hmm. instead of using yeah. this as your and only. And then this gives you some visuals, though, to put with that research. So it's effective in that way. It's sure. effective in the, yeah, the accuracy of the actual event. But... Well, in the the knowledge that we have about the Titanic, a lot of it is due to James Cameron himself yeah. because of his his enthusiasm and fascination with this event and the ship and whatnot and all the money that he put into uh, to to researching the vessel and and the the shipwreck site and stuff. Do you have any uh, any other thoughts on this that you uh, last time you watched um, it that came up? Anything in your notes or anything no, like that I we mean, haven't touched on? It's just. It's it's a for me it's a difficult movie to to grade and to rank because the the stuff that I like about it is really is very good and it, it you have to give it credit for what a well made film it is I just I think it's telling that this movie got fourteen excuse me got fourteen Oscar nominations and uh, screenplay wasn't one of the nominations and that it didn't you know I don't know it didn't it didn't really bring in the uh, the acting awards that you would nope. typically see from a movie that gets this many nominations and this much buzz and and all that sort of stuff. So it's I think that I think that's indicative of what this movie is is really all about, and that is frustrating in a lot of ways. It's such it's hard to re- I guess it's hard to it's hard to throw shade at this movie because of how much money it made and how much success it had and whatnot, but for me personally it's like man, I would have been much much more interested in this movie if it was this movie instead and not the movie that we actually got, you know. And I think uh-huh. it, I think it would be a better movie. I think I think it would be more difficult to um, use Titanic as a punchline the way that you can in a lot of ways if it would have just been a little, a little less heavy on the the romance side, and made for a as a, as an, a a more historical, epic action movie instead. But that's you know. But again, it made so much money and had so much success. You can't really, um, 
fault them for for doing it the way that they did it i guess i agree it's interesting to me too that the the actual titanic the ship cost less to make than this movie did. right so they could have just built the ship again <laughs> yeah yeah Man. they projected to to i think to 1997 dollars this movie the ship would have cost about 125 million dollars to make and the movie cost 200 million which is funny wow 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 uh, so there's some suspenseful stuff where with Jack trying to save Rose when uh, she's kind of dr- he's like uh, handcuffed to the yeah that thing. takes that takes forever but it's oh very gosh. it's very well done and the thing the fact that things filling up with the water and the lights are flashing it's just a cool setup it's a really well done action sequence um, there's an alternate ending here have you have you seen it or uh-huh. heard about it no. oh my gosh um, so the movie ends of course. With, uh, you know, Bill Paxton's been looking for the heart of the ocean forever. It turns out that uh, Rose has the heart of the ocean, right? She had it stuffed in her pocket, or the evil guy put it in Jack's pocket earlier to try to frame him. And uh, he gives Rose her coat, and so therefore Rose has it when the the ship actually sinks. Um, The end of the movie comes along, and it turns out, wow, Rose had the heart of the ocean this entire time still. I kept it and throws it into the ocean, right? Everyone's like, no! And that's how the movie ends. It's just kind of, it, the events happened and now we're, we're past it. But there's an actual alternate ending that you can watch on YouTube. It's incredible. Where she's walking out onto the ledge to throw it in and Bill Paxton walks, runs over to her and is like, don't throw it in, no! And he's like begging her not to. And then, like, he, she gives it to him, and he just starts maniacally laughing into the camera. And that's the movie ends. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's the, that's see the, you later. He's yeah. like, whoa, 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 whoa. And it ends on this, like, jovial, wow. like, uh, it felt really weird. That's awful. Um, another moment in this is uh, where Jack freezes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll never let go, Jack. I mean, there's so many things that have been spoofed. I guess you got to give a movie credit if it can be spoofed for 30 years. Oh, totally. You know? It's super iconic. I mean, I had never seen this, like I said, as a weird thing, and I knew like 80% of it. <laughs> right. uh-huh. Exactly. Just from like cultural context mm-hmm. clues. It's funny. They actually did a thing on Mythbusters where they said that Jack and Rose could have fit both fit on the board. Like yeah. if she had just scooted over a little bit, that it would have supported both their weight and they wouldn't have died. Um, and James Cameron disputed that forever he's like no it wouldn't have happened and then they did it on they actually proved it with the exact same wood that they used on the titanic and all this attention to detail too just to prove james cameron james cameron wrong and uh that's it's amazing fun. it's a fun hobby i would love yeah <laughs> they could do a show on just prove jim cameron wrong <laughs> and it would have been um just as successful but yeah i mean like i said iconic movie epic movie best picture winner so you got to give it credit for that totally. i mean that's tough to do, but this ship can't sink. Uh, it's so good. But, I mean, that's it. I, I don't like the love story. It's cheesy. It's like It reminds me of Pearl Harbor. Like, if Pearl Harbor had done way better with the uh, actual historic stuff, you know, Pearl Harbor didn't really do that well. But <laughs> yeah. even the, uh, the the love story in there doesn't really work right. at all. Mm-hmm. It's similar to this. Yeah. Uh, it, this works better than Pearl Harbor, but Pearl Harbor was just like, it came after Titanic. Like, let's just do Titanic, but with mm-hmm. Pearl Harbor. You know, and um, Pearl Harbor has Josh Hartnett, though. So and Cuba automatically better. And yeah. Cuba. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will give Titanic a B plus. If I guess the grade. 
Uh, <laughs> C E plus, and a, a little grudging on that, I guess. I'm gonna go just a solid B. Okay. Well, Titanic's on Netflix. Go back and watch it. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. Or don't. And put, you know, block off four four hours. Yeah. For yeah. Mm-hmm. all the lead I up. had to watch this over three days. It took that long. Oops. I was just like, Ugh. I started it at like uh, break. this morning at <laughs> 9 a.m. And it's <laughs> almost halfway done. So <laughs> it's good. It's a good day. You can watch six Lord of the Rings trilogies right. between this. Yeah. Uh, well, it's been good. 20 years later. On Titanic, we'll think of more 1997 movies, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah, or any Crazier. movie that has a Celine Dion song in it. Yeah. We're that's our new bit. It's such a 90s thing for every movie to have a theme song that's on the radio mm-hmm. all the time. Kiss I miss those days. Kiss FM if made it's a movie, the it's next gonna have a three theme years song. worth of money just having this song. Mm-hmm. Just, just this song and Men in Black theme. <laughs> that was it. I mean, we're, it's Space And Jam. the Bruce Springsteen song from Jerry Maguire. Right. right. Really I believe I can the, fly. and she all that. you in her <laughs> Okay, I like that he, he is offended that they interrupted him beating his wife or fiance. Like, I said in a minute, <laughs> I was busy backhanding her, and she was holding her head to the side, which means she knows she deserved it. Some bad, there's some really heavy-handed stuff like yeah. that, but then there's some really, really subtle stuff of like the mom putting on the corset onto Kate yeah. and like yeah. tightening it. Like that's a yeah. obviously a metaphor for control, but there's some. Clever stuff like that in here, and there's some bad, cringy, like, oh, totally. you don't have to be so upfront. Um, okay. Where can we find you online, Brian? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 You can find my writing at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Richard, where can we find you? You can find me on uh, all social media at Richard Barden. Kent, where can I find you? Find me on the Twitter and Instagram and things at Kent Garrison. And uh, find our podcast on iTunes. Please subscribe. Get involved. And uh, until next time, we'll see you at the cinema. Bye. Bye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Quite stylish. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Well, maybe. But I got you pegged. (laughs) But I don't know what to do with those toss salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.